Welcome to the Innovate CT podcast. Uh, so welcome everyone to another episode of the Innovate CT podcast and uh, su- super excited to uh, bring a new guest and I'm going to, I'll give you his full name because he, he said he likes that better. So Nicholas Julian Kaplan is our guest and, uh, and we, we spoke, I mean, probably sometime in 2018. Um, I can't remember when Nicholas, but like, I think for more towards the early, I think early part of 2018 about one of the things you've been working on. And I'm really, ha- really glad to have you back and actually have you on for a full episode of the podcast. Yeah, very happy to do it. Uh, and I don't remember when it was either. It sort of runs together. No, but I hear you. 2018, that's about right. Um, and know, yeah, it's really, I'm really happy to be on the podcast. And I've enjoyed listening to some of them well, too. So. And we were thrilled that you're uh, a listener and now you're, now you're a contributor as well, so which is fantastic. So I'll, 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 I'll share a little bit from your LinkedIn, but I'll, I'll let you kind of dive in with um, a more formal introduction to yourself. So your LinkedIn, because I, I love reading people's LinkedIn profiles it's always fun for me um and it's embarrassingly perhaps not entirely updated but well i think i I like the the latest experience you have i love this so it says product creator organizer and mediocre developer and you're working on many projects so I, i i love that because i think that's we have a lot to talk about so why don't you why don't you give us a more formal introduction of of who you are uh awesome so i have a a somewhat varied background. I was briefly a chemical engineer. First job out of school was working in a chemical plant, uh, doing everything from managing construction projects to putting on a chemical suit and uh, turning vaults. Um, I was not quite cut out for work that was that hard. So I went back to business school. I worked in the financial industry for a little bit. Uh, after that job, I Moved up to New Haven, try number one. I met some guys and worked on a really, really early stage startup. Um, It was a good experience in a lot of ways, but it fell apart as those things do. And I found myself really unhappy in a place where I had no real community. I ended up taking a job again in New York in corporate finance. Uh, Did that for a little while before I really committed a second time to trying to kind of build a life in New Haven for family reasons. Um, So second time around, I decided to take a different perspective and really just wanted to take a people first attitude, try to find a way to contribute to the community and uh, do a lot of different things. So it ended up, you know, I spent more than two years kind of doing a ton of stuff. And to some extent now I'm in the process of narrowing it down a little bit. I will probably never do one thing because I can't do that, but uh, I will be doing slightly less. But so I do a little financial consulting still, um, founded a company that runs a website called launchisland.com, which we've spoken about before off the official podcast, as well as do a couple community events and then working on another project. Um, which is helping organizations and individuals understand the role community and relationships and networks uh, plays in their success, whether that's financial or well-being. Um, so yeah, lots of different things. Uh, I uh, suffer from at least a little ADD, but uh, yeah, I was just saying, you sound fun. like an extremely busy individual, and I, I, have, I have a lot I want to 
I have a lot of follow-up questions to what you just said. So why don't we, why don't we start with, why don't we start with Launch Island? Because I think that's the one I'm most familiar with that we discussed last year. And when I, when we, when we spoke, I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I, I added it to our website as a, as a resource for, for students and educators. So I'd love it if you could just share with our audience, you know, what is Launch Island? You know, why did you start it? You know, who's it for? Um, and if people want to, want to get involved with it, what do they have to do? Yeah, so Launch Island is uh, a website where a kid and their parent or another adult can build an online storefront and run a small online business. So think of it as a slightly updated lemonade stand. My daughter was asking about how could she start a business. She had seen, because uh, I've sort of worked in the digital space, um, obviously she spends a decent amount of time online, uh, wanted to do it in a way that felt a little bit more modern. She wanted to have a presence online. Um, so we wanted to create kind of an updated uh, version of the lemonade stand for kids. Uh, the focus is really keeping it as a co-project though with a parent. I think about it as in some ways like a book for kids. You want it to feel like the kid is owning the entire process, but you don't want uh, a kid pulling necessarily an eight-year-old pulling something really hot out of the oven. And there are things you don't want your kid doing online or if they don't have a bank account or you want to regulate what they put online. Uh, so it's designed to really feel like kids can own uh, their store. Um, it's designed to be really simple and kid-friendly, uh, but it's still sort of a co-project that an adult and a kid will do together. Yeah, no, and I think, I think that it's funny. It's so funny you, you bring this up because my son has been asking me if this summer we can have a lemonade stand. And he was talking about the logistics of building a lemonade stand and putting it in front of our house. And maybe I can convince him to do this instead of build an actual lemonade stand because I think this would be substantially easier. Yeah, in some ways for us, we uh, live on a very quiet road. So it was proposed and we're on a dead end road with not that many houses. So the daily traffic is not quite enough to justify uh, standing out there all day. Fair. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's different. And one of the challenges I think has been, it takes a fair amount of parent engagement. Um, part of that is by design, because we don't want to necessarily make it a free for all for kids to be putting whatever they want online. Depending on the age, uh, younger kids can do with a lot more guidance. A little bit older kids need a lot less guidance. Um, but it still takes a decent amount of adult involvement to really get a lot out of the experience for all but kind of the oldest age groups. But I think that's a really, to your point, it's a really cool way to have a parent and a kid do it together, you know, have that bond, have it be that special project that the, the two people do together. And, and I, you know, your website and for everyone listening, the website is launchisland.com. We'll make sure to include that in the show notes, but you know, I think you, you highlight, you know, you kids learn financial education, creative creativity and inspiration, you know, confidence and communication. There's so many amazing things that happen uh, with, you know, starting your own business, even at a very young age, even if you don't make it, make a lot of money. Right. So uh, I think, I think it's fantastic. How, if, 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 if people want to use it, they just go to the website and sign up. It's just pretty much that easy. It's that simple. Uh, and you kind of touched on one of the goals of this is to have people have their first entrepreneurship experience really early, their first interactions with it. Uh, 
in probably the vast majority of the startup grind events I've done, uh, the founders, VCs that come talk have almost all had very early interactions with entrepreneurship. Frequently, that's apparent as an entrepreneur. That is sometimes the kids running small businesses, selling something else to other kids at a very early age. Uh, so the hope is that if a kid has their first experience at eight, nine, 10, whether or not their parent is an entrepreneur, they're going to be much more comfortable entering that world at a younger age, whether they feel like they succeeded because they have the confidence or if they feel like they failed, then they know they failed and that's fine. And that's part of the process. Uh, so the goal is really to make it feel like a viable option for a lot more people. Um, yeah, because I, I, I think I think that's great. Cause, I mean, failure is part of innovation, so I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think uh, it, unless you see it until you get out there, it can feel really foreign and something scary to a lot of people. So I want to I want to ask you a follow up because you mentioned while you were talking about entrepreneurship, and I want to pivot off of Launch Island to Startup Grind because you mentioned Startup Grind, and for some of our listeners, especially in New Haven area of Connecticut. They probably know mm -hmm. what Startup Grind is, but I bet we have a lot of listeners that have never heard of it. So could you give us a little little history on what is Startup Grind and how are you involved? Yep. So Startup Grind is a speaker series hosting entrepreneurs, VCs, other people involved in that world that have done it before and succeeded. Um, there are various stages of that, typically founders that have had an exit before or a VC that's done a fair amount of investing. Uh, and it's really focused on the kind of personal aspect of that person, a lot like your podcast. Uh, so there is a fair percentage of it that's advice around, you know, what, if it's a VC, what do you look for in investments? If it's a founder, how do you hire or what made your product work? But really we start them all with what was your life like growing up and what were you like growing up? And we kind of, we really try to make it a personal experience. The next one's January 24th. will uh, go out before then. I am currently the chapter director. This may be the official announcement. I will at some point in the relatively near future no longer be the chapter director and pass off the duties to somebody that at this point is not named. Um, but it's been, it's been a really awesome experience. They're great events and you get a lot of insight into the characteristics of people that really succeed, they can be really different. And sometimes there are a lot of surprising similarities. Um, so I would encourage anybody that can, whether it's one I'm hosting or a future one that I'm not hosting uh, to go. And I will still be going to them and involved in the community. And, uh, and it, it sounds like some, you get to meet some really interesting people at these events and so how, how long have you been involved with Startup Grind and how did that actually happen? Was it, did they recruit you? Did you find them? How, how, what was the history there? I've been doing it for around two years now. Uh, when I tried to move up to New Haven the second time, I realized, hey, I should go meet more than three people. It seems like a pretty good idea. And I started going to the Startup Grind events. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed the community. I really enjoyed the interviews. I got to know the previous director. Uh, and coincidentally, shortly after I started going, he 
ended up leaving for a job elsewhere and asked me if I would take it over. So I, it, to, to some extent, I took it over because I wanted to keep going. And that was the way to make sure the events kept going. And to some extent, me uh, passing on the torch is dependent on there being somebody else to keep it going that I think is going to be excellent because uh, I still want it to be part of the community and I still want to go to the events because I think they add something that uh, is different than what is out there. Um, and that's been a really big change from what I saw in at least the New Haven entrepreneurship community four-ish years ago, maybe the first time I tried to move up is there, there was kind of a lull in new events. It was a pretty limited set of things you could go to. Uh, and now there's a lot more for a lot of different types of people and people with a lot of different interests, which is really exciting. No, um, and, and if, you, if, if people want to know more, they can go to startupgrind.com slash new dash haven, right? So new haven. And we'll put, yes. that, we'll put that in the details too. Uh, and I was just looking, you know, I was looking through before we, we took the call today for the podcast, like all the past events and all the people that you've interviewed. And it's, it's, it's a great variety of people and some very, um, some very successful entrepreneurs from Connecticut. So very cool. Do you, I guess my question for, for you, Nicholas, is in your role, are you actually the one that does the interviews of all these people or yes. you are? Okay. So you, yes. so you're, you're you're usually on the flip side of these conversations, doing the interviewing, not being interviewed. I find that uh, a little bit more comfortable as well because <laughs> I overly prepare when I'm the question asker and I feel very underprepared even though I suppose I know my own story. Um, but yeah, and that's one of the parts that when I took it over, I was very nervous about and is probably the thing I think I will miss most because it's an opportunity to get to know somebody in a way that you really can't otherwise. I mean, if you have coffee with a stranger and you ask them what they were like growing up, they probably think you're pretty weird, but on stage, it doesn't feel like a weird invasive question. So yeah, it's they, been, that, yeah, awesome I, I agree with that completely. That, that's, I think that's a really good, uh, that's a really, really good, good point. Uh, and to answer your question, we will absolutely publish this before your next event. So yeah, you mentioned uh, January 24th, uh, in his name, his, the gentleman's name is Sean. I'm going to hopefully say this right. Roderman. He's the founder yep. and CEO of Clarity Software Solutions. So anyone interested, yep. uh, that will be the the next event. So, so you so you've been been working on this um, for a little over two years. But I think another thing that's part of uh, startup grind that you do is show and tell, and that seems to be separate from. Is that is that separate from these interviews you do? Yeah, it's separate from startup grind and. It it's very different in a lot of ways with a fair amount of community overlap. So show and tell is uh, basically elementary school show and tell, but for grownups. So we meet somewhat random Fridays every six to eight weeks, eat pizza, and three to four people will have four minutes to talk about something they're working on, and then four minutes of Q&A. It is very informal, and we've had everything from uh, corporate level projects at Yale to establish companies launching new versions of apps to startups that are early stage, but we've seen do really well to ideas people had on their commute home three weeks ago. So it's a very, very informal format um, with a really wide range of projects. I think we've had 
maybe 50 different people come and share since we started doing it a couple years ago. Uh, so it's, it's fun and it's like uh, the last event I, we had around 30 people at, it's just a place to kind of catch up with people that you may not see every day, hopefully meet some new faces and hopefully find people that can help you with your venture if you're sharing. That's something that we see a lot. Uh, somebody will share and the first question is not really a question, but an offer to help out or connect with somebody that would be helpful. So that's re a really fun thing to see. So, so you just had one of these, uh, I think last week. Yes. Like, can, could you share with our guests, you know, maybe uh, one of the things that was, that was discussed or pitched at the, uh, the event? Uh, yeah. Um, we had a project called Co, which is uh, created by a student at Yale SOM. Um, and uh, it's uh, a civic tech project, really. It's kind of a tool for voting in a much more detailed way. So potentially you could say write a bill or a new law in a collaborative way. Think kind of like GitHub, but instead of for writing and approving code, it's for writing laws. It could, it's also got a number of different applications. So um, that's one of the projects, but we, you know, we've had uh, a big variety of them. A couple of them are on the website. If people want to check out who shared, uh, there's a link that says who shared. And I don't have a link to our YouTube, but we videotape stuff occasionally, though it's entirely optional and throw that stuff up on YouTube as well. Yeah, so. I, I'm just looking at the, the who's shared and I, I noticed some, some familiar names. So in captive, uh, I noticed that. Um, and I've, I've spoken with the founder of in captive. She's fantastic. Uh, collab. We've interviewed the founders of collab on this podcast. So I, I recognize that one and then learn to program TV. Uh, I also recognize that. Uh, and I've seen, I've seen their content on LinkedIn. So, uh, Pretty cool. So this is something that you said this is not part of Startup Grind. Was this a Nicholas Kaplan uh, creation? Did you create this, you know, just you thought there was a need and you just started this? Um, well, I don't want to entirely take credit for the idea. Uh, uh, ben at C-Click-Fix said, hey, this is something you should do because we used to do something like this internally. And um, we don't, but it was fun. So I was at that point pretty new here and just looking for things to do. And uh, I tried it and everybody came and had a great time and wanted to do it again. So I'm not gonna take any credit for the concept, um, but I am now, you know, the person that made it happen. Yeah, you were the implementer of it. So, that, so yes. that, that, that's, that's super cool. And if people want to uh, learn more, we'll share we'll share this this link as well with with the the show details. But it, people just sign up, and then how how do you pick who gets to speak, like how and pitch their idea? For the most part, it's just based on when people ask to share. Uh, so I have a list that is now maybe ten people long of people that want to share, but not everybody can do it. So I start at the top, and I just email people. And uh, yeah, it's, that ends up being the most fair way to distribute it. And I try to kind of spread them out. So the, my hope is that we'll have a fairly diverse set of projects each time. Um, so I don't want to, I love seeing cool tech startups, but I think 
a lot of the interesting happens when you get different types of people in the room, different types of people thinking about problems. So I'd love to have an art project or a project at a corporate level or uh, just occasionally we have things that can only be described as weird. I love having weird things that I don't know how to categorize. Um, so yeah, if anybody wants to do it, uh, it's pr probably uh, the best way is just sign up for the next event when we post it. There's a box that says, hey, do you want to share in the future? Check it and uh, I will add you to the list. Very cool. And I think I, I love, I think to your point, the, the real power behind this is the diversity of thought with people that join and all the different people that come, that come to the event. And then, and then I love how the, in the spirit of helping each other, people are volunteering to connect people and, and help you know, people with different parts of their project. So that, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's been one of the most exciting parts. Every time I see that happen in the room, I get really happy and feel like there's, there's a contribution kind of beyond just uh, the fun of getting together. Right, you've done, you've done good, a good deed when, when, when people help each other out, which is great. So I want to, I want to, back up for a second so you've we've now talked about three different things that you're involved with in new haven uh and you know i think there's an educational component to all of them and i wanted to ask you you know and you you, you mentioned earlier when we, when you gave your introduction you've never been a teacher so no. uh you end up working all these all these different projects involving education did you have an influence early on in your life with your parents or a family friend or, or a teacher that, 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 that maybe um, inspired you or how did this happen? Uh, I have no idea. I've always <laughs> liked teaching, um, but I've never seen myself as a teacher. My, uh, one of my parents always tells me that I should have been a teacher and still thinks I should be a teacher. Um, there's an aspect of it I really like. I did a little tutoring when I was in high school and I really enjoy kind of the part of the aspect of it's that trying is trying to break down something you understand or occasionally or sometimes more than occasionally don't understand into the parts that make it happen. Uh, and I think that sort of goes into uh, so that that's a part of the teaching. The events that maybe are a little bit different that uh, is something I didn't really know about myself um, that I just feel really happy when I get to go hang out with like 30 or 40 or 50 people and hear what they're doing and learn about what's changing in their life or learn about the projects they're working on. Um, that was somewhat a happy accident finding out that I really enjoyed doing that. Well, and, and even though that's not formal teaching, I, I still think when we talk about we talk about innovation and education that's still education it's, it's not education in a traditional yeah. sense of you're in a classroom with a teacher but it's more education through a you know through a community uh, event which i think is it's it's still obviously extremely impactful for these people that are pitching ideas and and sharing so um so yeah it's just it, i just find it really interesting that you have you're working on three different things that all have an education component and you're not a formal educator which i think is which, which is really cool yeah, uh, it's funny because I'm thinking about the other project I'm working on, and that has an education yeah, so on it as well. I was going to ask. I was going to ask you that. Can we can we talk about the other project, or is that top secret, and and we're not allowed to talk about it on the podcast? No, it's it's not top secret, but uh, 
many parts of it do not exist yet. Um, but Team Good LLC is the business and the focus of it is to help individuals and organizations understand the role that relationships play. Um, so that can be understanding what your network looks like. That can be understanding how to have a good relationship. What is a good relationship? Why do certain relationships matter in the workplace? Um, and sort of one of the interesting observations when you're looking at people's network and talking to them about their networks is uh, they have no idea what their own network looks like. They might have a guess. Uh, so far, the, let's say, not very academic research or the quick view suggests that when they have a guess, uh, it's not always that accurate. So the first somewhat public project we have is a website called assessyournetwork.com, which is now really used in conjunction with some workshops and training. Uh, but will grow to be a little bit more of self-serve. So I would hope everybody that listens to this would go there and spend the time to take it and get an idea of what their network looks like and uh, hopefully stick around while we start to have stuff come out, which will give them some actionable items around uh, what it means. There's a little bit in there now and what they can do with that information depending on what the, their goals are. So, it, it, yeah, so what do we, we, we go if we go to your your website assessyournetwork.com and i gotta tell you i don't think i've ever had any guests that i'm gonna have to put four links in the show notes for like i think you're i think you're the winner with with, with the uh, the number of things you're working on so we go there we take the assessment what it, what is what exactly are you asking and where does the data go um so the questions are some demographic demographic data and then it's about who you know and what are your relationships with them like. Um, and then that builds from that information alone, it builds uh, a network graph, which you will see um, after you take it. It'll print out a network graph. It'll classify you in a couple of different categories uh, and tell you a little bit about what your network means. That sounds pretty cool. All right. I'll, I'll have to check that out. So we'll uh, I'll have to go see what my, what my network looks like. I'm very curious. Uh, because I, I think I'm pretty well networked based off of all the different things I do, including this, including this podcast where I get to meet a lot of fantastic people. So I will go check that out. So thanks for sharing. So why don't we, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll end with, with, with this, uh, with this Nicholas. So you're, you're obviously doing a lot of different things, um, within, within the community, in the education space, in the innovation space in here in Connecticut and, and definitely making a difference. What, what, advice, what advice could you give people? Because I think you have a really interesting story how you think getting involved with all these things in the community really helped um, welcome you to the New Haven community, I guess is a way of saying it. So what advice would you have for people here in Connecticut about getting involved with their community and education and innovation and, and the impact it would have on them? Um. My first advice would try not to do four things or more, <laughs> but maybe, maybe that's, maybe I can't say that because that seems to be the best way for me to do it. Uh, but there's certainly a trade-off when you're doing four things. I think one of the important things for me, which I didn't do the first time, uh, was to have the humility to understand that I had no idea what the community needed. Um, so it was much better for me to 
go to the startup grind and then take it over rather than try to start that from scratch. Uh, Interesting. Okay. I understand that like Ben, who was the one who suggested that I do a show and tell format, uh, knew a lot better what the community needed because he's, he'd been here for a long time than me. That was relatively new, uh, to that, this part of the community in New Haven. Um, so for me, that was really perfect. Maybe, uh, to some people that comes naturally, uh, for me, it was a little bit hard to accept that, uh, I didn't know best. Um, so I, I'll, tr I'll try to learn from that and other, the other projects as well, uh, I find the more listening, ideally, the less talking in the beginning, the better. Um, I'm not I'm not perfect at that yet. I'll, I try to be better at it, and I could definitely be better than I am. But I think really for new people to try to listen and talk to a lot of people, and I think probably some of the best events, some of the best programs that I've seen come up recently, uh, I'll say. Collab is definitely one of them. Started with a lot of communication uh, and really built a program around that and having kind of the humility to, I think, listen to what people really wanted and really needed uh, rather than coming in and sort of starting with what you want it to be. Uh, that said, I really like sometimes to just pick what you want and try it and then accept if it doesn't get adopted because you believed in it and you loved it. And I don't know, that's terrible advice. I think I told you to do both things on the opposite end of the spectrum, but what can I say? No, no, there, there, no, I, I wouldn't say it's terrible advice. I think it's, um, I think different advice works for different people. And I think to your point, everyone's different when some people, the, the, the first piece of advice you give would work really well. And some people, the second piece of advice would work and people have to know themselves. Right. So I, I think your point is there's different paths for different people. And I think that makes a lot of sense. So, I just want to say thanks again for making time tonight and uh, joining the podcast. Hopefully uh, the listeners got, got a good sense of, you know, what you're involved with. And um, hopefully we have some people check out, uh, you know, launch Island and, and startup grind and uh, your new Haven show and tell. And then uh, your, your, your latest, uh, the, the fourth of the, uh, the websites we'll have to include in there will be uh, your assess your network and we'll have to, make sure we get all the information out to people and uh, hopefully we we'll talk again soon. And again, thanks for what you're doing for the uh, community here in Connecticut. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks to you as well for doing everything you're doing. Uh, you probably, uh, I don't know how you do everything that you're doing. So I feel the same way about you, uh, but thank you for having me on. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Nicholas. If you would like to get involved with Innovate CT, please visit our website at www.innovatect.org. There, you can find links to our social media. We currently are active on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and hope to hear from you soon. Thank you.